Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this will be a very interesting one. It's on a topic, actually, that's one doesn't see all that often. Uh, we've seen a couple dozen cases over the years, but I just had one the other day, and so it made me uh, take another look back at this issue. And this was a patient, I'll tell you the one I had. It was a patient, one of our surgeons, who had a Whipple's procedure and had gastric emphysema and portal venous air. Uh, the patient did have a breakdown at the anastomosis, the post-Whipple's procedure. The patient did fine post-op. But gastric emphysema is something that we have seen. It occurs in a number of conditions. It can be something that's fatal. And we've also seen it where it's there and then it's gone. So let me speak to you about a little about gastric emphysema. And there'll be an article coming out about this. It was a exhibited RSNA by Pam Johnson and Barish Edel from the Department of Surgery and Karen Horton and Bill Scott and myself. And what is gastric emphysema? Well, it's air in the wall of the stomach. It's been called many things from gastric emphysema to pneumatosis to emphysematous gastritis, depending on the etiology and the associated clinical findings. It's the least common location of a gas in the GI tract. We all see pneumatosis coli for many reasons, including ischemia. We see small bowel air. And uh, in an article of 86 patients with GI pneumatosis on CT, only 9% had gastric pneumatosis. And in fact, quite honestly, I think it's even lower than that. Uh, in different series, the mortality for gastric pneumatosis was high, up to 38%. And of course, the highest mortality is when multiple organs were involved, colon, small bowel, and stomach. But of course, those are cases with massive infarction, typically. Now, in terms of literature, there's very little written. There's case reports about uh, uh, gastric uh, emphysematous gastritis or emphysematous gastritis. Uh, the infectious variety is the most dangerous condition. It's uncommon. A review of the literature identified 27 cases over nearly a 100-year period. Because of its poor prognosis, uh, um, it's very difficult to distinguish benign gastric processes that have air from gastric emphysema, at least on the uh, thought process level. And so uh, our question was, can we be able to determine which is benign gastric emphysema and which is emphysematous gastritis, which is more of a surgical emergency? And again, the importance, of course, is we have seen gastric emphysema in patients as incidental findings, but how much do you make of it? Okay, so that indeed becomes very, very important, and uh, we'll take a look at that. So maybe the way we'll do it is by looking at cases. Well, we look at this case, classic emphysema of this gastric wall. You can see the outline between the soft tissues around the stomach and the contrast in the stomach. This was a 68-year-old male, post-liver transplant, had nausea and vomiting. Uh, there's no wall thickening. Uh, there's also gas seen in this patient uh, in the superior, superior mesenteric vein and portal vein. And once you see those findings, of course, there you have to say, okay, this is ischemia. This is a surgical emergency. And in fact, this patient had a total gastrectomy. And what we found was emphysematous gastritis with ischemic features. And unfortunately, this patient did eventually die. But it's important to recognize now we have a second finding. If you see air in the gastric wall with portal vein and mesenteric venous air, it's a critical situation that needs immediate surgery. Now, of course, there are other reasons for air in the SMV or portal vein that are benign, but those are uncommon. And whenever I see portal venous air, I'm always thinking of a surgical emergency, but then I'm thinking more of pneumatosis of the colon. Another patient, 75-year-old patient who presented to the ER with nausea and vomiting, uh, CT shows uh, gastric emphysema as well as perigastric inflammation. 
you also see thick and small bowel loops. This patient's blood culture is glucostridium. The patient was managed conservatively with IV antibiotics, and uh, eventually the um, air was resolved, and this was emphyseminous gastritis. So again, um, another nice example of a case. Now, in terms of etiology and pathophysiology, you try to think about what is going on in terms of what is happening. Well, one could be, if you think about the last two cases, increased intraluminal pressure, and that may lead to loss of mucosal integrity and luminal gas extension into the wall of stomach. In some cases, as with massive gastric distension, ischemia of the stomach wall and ultimately emphyseminous gastritis can result from the elevated uh, intraluminal pressures. And of course, the mucosa can be compromised. Maybe it's infection, maybe it's caustic agents, maybe it's related to alcohol, and then you have erosive changes. So again, you want to be thinking about this. Now, cases with caustic gastritis can result in pneumatosis and portal venous air, as can, of course, ischemia. Now, another case. 53-year-old hepatitis left up a quadrant pain. You can see a little bit of air in the gastric wall. There was no portal venous air. There was no SMV air, unlike the other case. And the patient's symptoms eventually resolved. The patient was treated conservatively. And amazingly, the gastric air was gone a day later. So we've seen it go away pretty quickly. Another case, 17-year-old, complicated history, spinal cord injury, uh, abdominal pain for uh, coffee ground emesis, bloody stools for one day. The CT scans show mottled air in the gastric wall with mild thickening. In addition, we do see portal venous air in the right lobe of the liver. Uh, endoscopy was conducted. There was an ulcer at the lower esophagus. Gastric mucosa was edematous, consistent with erosive gastritis. There was chronic uh, peptic duodenitis as well. Um, there was no evidence of ischemia. So again, but this is a good example of infectious etiology. Now, we mentioned uh, before perforating ulcers, injuries from biopsy, for example, from endoscopic uh, coagulation, tube placement, and the like, can all cause injury to the gastric wall and cause pneumatosis as well. There's even been a case of a gastric bezoar causing pneumatosis. Uh, but again, so let's look at a case. Um, this is a 57-year-old with abdominal pain. And you can see when you look at these images, this patient has a number of important findings. There's gastric emphysema. There's wall thickening of the antrum. There's a pneumoperitoneum. Extraluminal air and contrast are identified extending from the pylorus. Um, at surgery, there was a perforated ulcer on the pyloric channel. Uh, very nice example. So ulceration can lead to pneumatosis. When you see pneumoperitoneum, you can put the two of them together. Or this case, 78-year-old, abdominal pain, uh, back pain, nausea and vomiting, that classic history of just a range of findings, including ulcer disease. And you can see very nicely in this case, air in the wall of the gastric fundus. The patient also has pancreatitis, no portal venous air, no SMV air. Patient was stable, managed conservatively with IV antibiotics. So again, you can see this case sort of and the last case kind of puts you in the scenario that if you see air in the gastric wall and you see a perforation, okay, that's great. Patient's going to surgery. If you only see air, perhaps those patients can be managed conservatively. Now, in addition to gastric pathology, gas can uh, extend into the gastric wall from extra gastric sources, including the small bowel, colon appendix, or even from the lungs dissecting along interstitial planes. So these are fairly uncommon. Ischemia or infarction of the small bowel or colon, for example, can result in gastric pneumatosis, 
But then it's multiple organ involvement. It's often portal venous or mesenteric vein involvement as well. And that's kind of an easy diagnosis because you know this patient is having a catastrophe. And here's just a great example. Here, there's air everywhere. There's air in the esophagus. There's portal venous air. There's air in the stomach wall. There's air in small bowel. There's air in the colon. This is just catastrophic uh, uh, ischemia, this patient's caliber to the celiac and SMA are really small, it's a low flow state, uh, this patient eventually died, but you really can get a feel. Uh, this is obviously a surgical emergency, um, you know, in fact this patient is basically too far gone for surgery to be helpful probably, and of course it wasn't, but again we're separating what can be managed conservatively versus what needs to be managed aggressively. Look at this case, abdominal pain status post aortic valve replacement. The abdomen was distended, high lactate level, so right away you're thinking about ischemia, probably more common small bowel, large bowel. Well here you see beautifully on the uh, minimum intensity projection images from the coronals and the axials, beautiful example of pneumatosis involving stomach, small bowel and colon, extensive air in the mesenteric vein and portal vein as well as in branches of the SMV. Uh, at surgery this was ischemia of the right colon and small bowel with transmural small bowel necrosis as well. So again, multiple organ involvement, you'll go into surgery. Another example, 57-year-old, uh, uh, status postpartial enterectomy with SMA bypass for ischemia. The bypass graph occluded postoperatively, and now you see a beautiful example, air in the portal venous system. Extensive air within the colon, uh, particularly uh, well seen in the small bowel. A uh, beautiful example of transmural ischemia. Uh, the entire bowel was necrotic. Look at the stomach. So again, stomach with small bowel, uh, same process, small bowel extension, however you want to look at it, but these are surgical emergencies. Um, a couple other things in terms of the literature, uh, in terms of our work. Um, it's interesting, uh, we've seen a couple of cases with gastric and small bowel pneumatosis where the small bowel was not ischemic at surgery. This included a patient with small bowel volvulus and a patient who had perforated uh, gangrenous cholecystitis, and let me show you those cases. Very impressive example of pneumatosis in the gastric wall. In this case, you can see some of the other findings. Um, the patient had uh, a twist of a small bowel mesentery in the ileum in this case, so had a volvulus. Um, once they undid the twist, the bowel fortunately was perfused. Beautiful example of gastric pneumatosis in this case. Or in this example here, 70-year-old ischemic cardiomyopathy, PEG tube placement. Now, a PEG tube would be a good cause, and it is a cause of portal venous air, it is a cause of small bowel air, and it is a cause of gastric emphysema. Um, in this patient, uh, you know, very impressive examples of all of these findings. Uh, at surgery, the stomach and bowel were viable, but there was a perforated gangrenous col uh, gallbladder present with bile peritonitis. So, just a very nice example. Again, uh, you can see that these patients are often very complex. They're older patients, they're sicker patients, a whole lot of things have gone on with these patients. There have been some other reports in the literature describing other causes, SMA syndrome, polychemotherapy, trauma, cholangiocarcinoma, and again, you can expect there are many causes, many case reports, but you've got to be thinking about the big things. You've got to be thinking ischemia. You got to be thinking uh, multi-organ uh, failure. You got to be thinking poor flow. So again, very nice examples we've shown. Now, what about management? 
Upper endoscopy is a valuable tool if you suspect that it's a primary gastric process. An article by Cordum said, we advocate early endoscopy and gastric biopsy for routine histologic examination and cultures in patients with intramural gastric air as it can establish a diagnosis and distinguish infection with gas-forming organisms from non-infectious causes. Conservative treatment with antibiotics, antacids, and parental nutrition um, can result in resolution of this process when it's due to simply gastritis. A review of pneumatosis throughout the GI tract uh, uh, identified you know, the typical finding of elevated lactic acid. Uh, the lactic acid typically is above two, and um, that is, you know, in at least one series, the main key finding when you do a multivariant analysis to make you think that it is a, is a critical uh, uh, finding that needs to go to surgery, for example. So what kind of teaching points? What is it that you can walk away with? Well, there are several things. Distinguishing gastric uh, uh, causes of emphysema, when you're trying to think about emphyseminous gastritis from just gastric pneumatosis, Absence of gastric wall thickening may be seen in either case, so that's not really helpful. On CT, configuration of gastric pneumatosis is not specific. Again, we used to try to think about thin linear lines versus modeled. When it's really modeled, I'm more concerned. The thin linear lines, I'm less concerned, but that's not perfect. Uh, portal venous gas is not specific for emphysematous gastritis, obviously, uh, in the sense that it's been reported also in gastric pneumatosis. Uh, in cases following blunt trauma or non-infectious gastritis. Also, perhaps, if you have a PEG2 placement, you can get both of those findings, and I think we showed you a case. And, of course, endoscopy and the general state of the patient and the other organs beyond the stomach are essential for guiding patient management. Life-threatening intraperitoneal pathologies other than emphyseminous gastritis can present with gastric pneumatosis. Think about it. We had cases just from the ones I showed you pneumatosis of a small bowel, we've had pneumatosis of the colon, both with and without portal or mesenteric air, we had cases of pneumoperitoneum, and so we, we've had life-threatening etiologies undergoing at the same time, small bowel valvulus, ischemic bowel, uh, gangrenous cholecystitis, perforated ulcer. So again, you got to put things within the perspective, and if you see gastric emphysema, look around, see what else is going on. While the absence of these findings does not exclude an aggressive process, identification should raise concern for one of these etiologies. And again, careful uh, review of the entire scan is critical. So concluding then, as per Mosavi, emphyseminous gastritis is a condition involving gastric wall inflammation, radiologic or intraoperative evidence of intramural gas and systemic toxicity. Uh, hopefully, we've shown a range of cases from benign to what one could call malignant. Uh, we've seen three main categories, emphyseminous gastritis, non-infectious gastric causes, and extragastric etiologies. And you can see them on this table here. So it's worthwhile looking at this table, spending a few moments. And again, um, it's a critical diagnosis. You can save the patient's life, need aggressive management, but it's important to recognize that sometimes it's going to be a benign process um, and will resolve on its own as soon as 24 hours. Uh, there's a lot of references. Most of them are case reports. You can look them up on your own time. And hopefully you'll see this as an article in press coming soon. And with that, have a nice day.